Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by La Rosa's. We'll tell you a little bit more about them in a bit. And we are still in the United Center. No, we didn't like stay overnight or anything, guys. We, we recorded the second, the first part of the second podcast this week while we were still here. It was fresh on our minds because we wanted to discuss what Roy Williams and John Calipari had to say after the game. Um, <laughs> obviously, Roy Williams' opening line was, was pretty great. It was basically, I hope you all have a Merry Christmas because I know I'm not going to. <laughs> yes, I hope you have a better Christa- Christmas than me. Um, yeah, and, and John Calipari, meanwhile, I saw him out in the hallway after his press conference, which was very upbeat, uh, and he was grinning from ear to ear and uh, is going to have a much merrier Christmas mm-hmm. now. I mean, this is, this is going to be a very big relief for him to see some of the stuff they've been working on, to see more evidence of the team that he thought he had coming into the year yep. i mean to him this has been a shock that they were as yeah. bad as they were and he talked a little bit today about the defensive part of that like they were so bad defensively early in the season that it was really disheartening and part of that he said it's on me because there was stuff i didn't teach because i thought they knew and i just skipped over it basically mm-hmm. um and it, you know it i think he has done a decent job of owning up to the fact that like he kind of blew it on what he thought yeah, they were capable of, you know, or what they knew and what he needed to teach. Mm-hmm. Tried to skip a step and it didn't go too well. Yeah. But um, I mean, this has to be a huge relief for him and that staff to say, like, okay, on a big stage, on a national TV game against a top ten team, uh, you know, in a marquee event with a chance to get a resume building victory for the NCAA tournament, you do it, and you do it really, you. There were times Carolina made runs, but Kentucky controlled the entire mm-hmm. game, which to me, that's, I mean, we, we didn't mention that on the last podcast. Like, there was not a moment where Carolina was in control, not mm-hmm. one. Now, they had momentum a couple times, but Kentucky, well, they led how many minutes? Let's see. So I mean, it was, I, I can I hardly read this. I thing. don't even, yeah, that was the other note. Uh, yeah, Kentucky had the lead for 35 minutes wow. and 17 seconds, that's and North it. Carolina had the lead for a total of three minutes. Wow. That's impressive, and you know, I was making jokes at Calipari's expense, as I often do. He was talking about how he couldn't understand the st- stat sheet no, when he got it, to it. It is like they, they handed us this really strange It's a little different than the normal thing. It's much more difficult to read, and it's a lot smaller print, and Calipari's old and probably <laughs> blind, if I had to guess. Um, he act, and he's definitely deaf or acts like it, because he asks us re- to repeat ourselves all the time. Yeah. I think usually when it's a question, he doesn't really want to yeah, answer. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, it, was a, it was a thorough victory um and here's um, here's the one the one thing that i, I wanted to to share what calipari had to say about ashton Haggins because i thought it was probably one of the, the quotes of the night he said that i'm putting the ball in his hands and he's making the right plays and you know we we obviously on the podcast before this were raving about ashton Haggins, and there is some you know when, when you look at him the defense is so obvious and it's been obvious probably from right. the jump but the offense got to be able to trust him on the other end. yeah i mean you can't just be a when you're a point guard, you can't just be a defensive stopper and be an, a liability on the other end. Like if your defensive stopper is DeAndre Liggins on the wing or whatever, mm-hmm. you can be a really good defender and a, and a suspect offensive player. When the when your when your stopper is the point guard, and he can't play anything anywhere else, mm-hmm. 
on the offensive end, he can't be a liability. Like he's got to be a guy who can at least distribute the ball. And right now, Ashton is still struggling to shoot and score. But when he can, when he's fast enough to get by anybody, and then if he's making the right decision, because even on the, the shots he's missed, he's mostly making the right decision. Like it's a it's a shot that's open, he's missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the rest, when when he draws the defense, he's getting the ball to open players. Um, that development and Cal Perry beginning to trust that too, again, is big. It's it, it is the secret for them. I think it's it's the key that unlocks them. And and as he starts to make some shots or dunk on people's heads, yeah. It changes everything, and Cal. You, it's clear. I think it's also clear that Cal totally recognizes that now. Like, yeah, hand this dude the keys and, and hope he learns how to drive soon. Nope. That was very uh, good timing, as you hear the forklift <laughs> starting back up in the background. I mean, yep. <laughs> Ashton Higgins is not driving that. Um, <laughs> the other uh, thing that Calipari said, that he said that they had had two good practices before this game, mm-hmm. and you know, it's it's kind of shown. And I, I mean. It, that makes sense, you know. Uh, the, 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 they're coming together a little bit, and it it was at the perfect time because they needed this win so greatly. Yeah, for, I mean, first week at Camp Cal, it's the first week they didn't have classes since the summer. Mm-hmm. Well, even in the summer, I think most of those guys, if they're here, they have they're in yeah. summer school. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is the first time they've been here that they have no academic responsibility, um, which I feel like we always underestimate, yes, especially when they're teams that are really freshman driven. Mm-hmm. I mean. Think about if you asked any of us to do something at a high level beyond school when we were in the first semester of college on a, away from home for the first time. I mean, and then go play world-class basketball and, like, learn all the stuff that the coaches are trying to teach you. And, uh, you know, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that the, the freeing feeling of taking your last final and having a month off from school and just be able to play ball – is pretty big, and I thought it was yep. one reason Kentucky could make a big jump. I just, I really, I, I was surprised they were able to make it this fast and and do this to this team, but it certainly changes to me, which it could change back in a week against Louisville. But it right now it seems to change the trajectory of the yeah. season. Like, what can you hope for them to become? Because if they could, if they could, in a month and a half, what's it been? A month and a half since the season started. November 6th, and it's yeah. December 22nd as we record mm-hmm. this. So, yeah, month and a half, basically. If they can make that much progress in a month and a half, what can they be in two and a half months when the NCAA tournament starts? Um, this, this to me, gives a lot. Should should stand up for a while, even if they hit some more road bumps, yes, speed bumps, that should stand up as something to give people hope that they can, this team can really make some progress. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um Roy Williams, I, I thought had a had an interesting quote. Uh, basically, he said that he thought the Kentucky staff did a better job than North Carolina staff in getting players ready for this game. And Roy loves uh, after a loss to kind of I don't know, maybe not over- exaggerate necessarily, but kind of just like self deprecation. Yeah, more or yeah. less. And he had the we did talk about effort, and I thought that was very true. Like the the there was a there was an obvious difference in effort level. Well, and the, with the exception of the beginning of the second half, when UNC really kind of put the screws to Kentucky and they had a couple turnovers, and I think well, Luke May started doing what Luke May does and hit three threes. He's yeah. got 16 points. I mean, he was really quiet most of the game, and then he kind of came to life mm-hmm. for about five minutes and started making shots. And that was a time when I thought, <laughs> you know, yeah. here here this goes, but. Well, one thing we didn't mention on the last podcast, and I just want to mention it in passing, Nasir Little, who's like... Yeah, that's what I was, was going to get to it, because that was know, kind of a... In theory, the best 
you draft could, prospect on the court well, today. I'll say this. It, it's clear, you know, we, we often talk about how Calipari gets a little maybe contentious when we talk about something he's not fond of, a la, you know, shoot more threes. Um, Roy, obviously, this is a sore subject yeah. <laughs> with him because you know, Little's the probably the best draft prospect, as you said, on, on this North like Carolina team. projected as maybe a top five pick. Yeah. He's not even starting, and he's playing pretty minimal minutes. He played thir- just shy of 14 minutes today and went two for eight. Had four points. Um, got his shot blocked twice. That's a nice stat on this new stat sheet. They have blocks against. That's a good one. Um, but I, uh, that's weird. I mean, the, the Nasir Little thing is weird that he's. Were like, you still in in the Roy Williams press conference when he when, got bristly when he about got it? Asked, no, no you, so you I, were gone. So I had left to go talk to Kobe. Um, well, here's what happened. I'll, uh, and if you want to see these interviews, they're all on my timeline or on BigBlueInsider.com. All the post game press, but um, it was Jeff Goodman of stadium now and he asked him about Nasir Little and it was kind of a generic like what do you got to do to get him to his full potential something along those that and Roy Williams kind of went on a mini rant about a report that someone had showed him about how he's holding back Nasir Little and it wasn't the question he got at all and so clearly like I said Roy had saw something and he's not happy about this 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 topic and uh, a paraphrasing to a certain extent but basically he was saying that why would i want to hold this guy back right he goes i'm playing him at the three and the four to give him minutes and he goes and look at the point guard i'm playing colby white a ton so it's not a freshman thing basically he just said and serious little's not just not ready right now right which is i mean it's understandable as a freshman sometimes that happens and i mean if you want to go like a top tier freshman that didn't do much of anything a whole season you don't have to look too far scal. back yeah you exactly I knew what I was going to talk invoked about invoked the name of scal earlier today about him it was just like this feels a little bit like that um a guy that everybody was hyped hyping yeah. up and although scal was arguably the number one recruit coming out but um also goes to the point that like it's not easy to coach these dudes mm-hmm. and like sometimes regardless how good they were in high school or how much potential they have or whatever, like they're still 18 year old dudes who are mm-hmm. in college for the first time. And, you know, depending on what kind of system you run, it may take you a while to, uh, you know, acclimate to it. Um, people expect Calipari to have them ready to beat the world right out of the gate. And often that has often not been the case. Um, I, I don't know if little is a guy who can take flight by the end of the season or not, but I imagine he'll take flight in the sense that he'll leave North Carolina (laughs) after the season, even if he doesn't play a lot. But, um, you know, Kobe White is a freshman who has played really well all year, did not play well against Kentucky. But um, that just was something that stood out to me. And and he had several – he had a few point-blank looks and couldn't finish him today as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I think that's that's about it for coverage from from the United Center. Uh, We'll give you some more info in just a bit. There was actually kind of a slight injury scare to someone who's going to be very important to Kentucky basketball's future, so we'll update update you on that in just a minute. It's time to take a break and talk a little bit about La Rosa's Family Pizzeria, which is coming to Lexington right across the street from Skyline Chili on Richmond Road in February of 2019. La Rosa's is a Cincinnati thing just like Skyline. It was started by a guy named Buddy LaRosa, who talked three of his friends into throwing a few hundred bucks apiece in to open their first pizzeria on Cincinnati's west side in 1954. LaRosa's now has 64 pizzerias, and the nearest one to Lexington is right up Interstate 75 in Dry Ridge. As good as LaRosa's pizza is, the other thing that makes them different is that they have a menu that goes on forever. Over 40 selections, and all of it is available for pickup or delivery. 
In addition to those options, La Rosa's also has a great dining room. Get ready for the Lexington La Rosa's coming in February, and until then, check out the other locations. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, so I mentioned a player who's going to be important to Kentucky's future that had a little injury scare the other night, and it was Dante Allen. He had a little knee injury, and if you kind of a watcher on Twitter of his box scores, the game, his most recent game was kind of surprising <laughs> because he only finished with 10 points. And the reason he only finished was because of an injury. It was a knee, and according to Ben Roberts, he said x-rays were negative on Dante Allen's knee injury. He's day-to-day, and there are three games coming up in the Ashland Invitational starting on Thursday. I believe I saw an update on Twitter that he will be able to play, Dante Allen, in that Invitational. So, looks like it was kind of scary, but he's going to be okay going forward. Speaking of him... I had an interview with him. I think I mentioned this earlier in a podcast. After he played one of his games against Bracken County earlier this season, I got a chance to speak to Dante Allen. Why did you stay here at Pendleton? And Because I'm sure you had opportunities to go prep schools and those kind of things. Uh, growing up, I definitely had opportunities to leave. But you know, being from, born from Pendleton and uh, you know, grow, growing up, born and raised, I, it means something to me definitely, and I'd say it means um, a lot to other people. And uh, that's pretty much why I stayed. It just means a lot to the community. Have you been a Kentucky fan, you know, your whole life, or what is your college kind of college fan basketball uh, been like? Uh, you know, growing up in a ho- household of UK fans and the commu- our community, like everybody's UK fan, uh, UK fans, and um, really, I was just bred into it. So that's that's pretty much where that comes from. When I was watching the game tonight, it seemed like they were getting physical with you. I'm guessing you're dealing with that on a nightly basis. Is that tough to kind of mentally push through and not retaliate in some instances? It's starting to happen a lot this year, but, um, you know, I just got to keep my cool and just play my game because I know there's a reason they're doing it. They want to get in my head, and I'm not going to let them do it. It also, you kind of flipped a switch at some point, specifically in the fourth quarter. I think it was like a two-point game, two- or three-point game, and then you had three and one dunk, and then it's a 20-point lead. Are you able to kind of just do that, or is that something you just find in the flow of the game where you try to take over? Uh, really towards the beginning, you know, um, I'm just trying to fill out the game, fill out how they're playing me, how they're playing my teammates, and, uh, you know, passing the ball around, you know, getting some shots in also. But when it comes down to that, it's go mode, and it's, uh, it's time, to, uh, t- time to win the game. How often do you talk to the, your other Kentucky commits in this class? I talk to them pretty much weekly. What, what are, I mean, how do you guys talk, and what are you guys kind of talking about? I'd say not a lot of it is even basketball. Like, it'll be like a portion, like, how'd you do in that game last night or something like that, but really it's just about each other, like how we, how uh, our personalities are, and trying to get, because we're going to be hanging out all the time next year, so I just want to know them for who they are as people, and that's, that's pretty much just what we talk about, trying to fill each other out. Do you reach out to anybody else that is currently uncommitted to try to, you know, say, hey, come to Kentucky with us? Uh, I've been throwing some pitches out. Any specific guys you willing to name? Uh, there's a bunch, but, you know, um, we're trying to get Hurts and all them, but, um, you know, there's some. There's some. What, what's it like watching a game like today where UK falls to Seton Hall, you know, as a commit? What is that experience kind of like? Uh, you know, I just 
they you know they're only going to get better. You know, games like this are just it's growing pains and it's learning experience. So they're they're only going to get better. It's not it's nothing to worry about as a BBN fan or anybody like that. So don't worry. We're going to get we're, we're only going to get better. Do you talk to any of the current players? You talked about trying to build a relationship with the guys that you're coming in next year. Are you trying to do that with anybody that's already on the team? Um, no, I've talked to them before, but I don't talk to them on a regular basis or anything like that. Thanks to Dante for that time. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Coming up next, I'm going to share some of those Mark Stoops comments from signing day that I teased last week. But first, I do want to tell you guys real quick again about Sling TV. I know you don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. And if you're sick of paying for 20 channels you never use just so you can see your team win, Sling TV is for you. It's the best way to watch college football during the bowl season, college basketball. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and a bunch more. You can stream on your big screen, but you can also stream on all your favorite devices. And right now that's so important if you're traveling and you're at somebody's place who doesn't have the, you know, the super sports package on their, on their whatever they're using that isn't Sling TV, you can take it with you and you can catch up on all the games. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. And right now, Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. All right, let's get into those Mark Stoops comments from signing day. First one we're going to play here. Well, I actually asked Mark Stoops a question about kind of a craze that has been going on in football recruiting. There's been a lot of social media buzz about parents putting on the uniform. Did you guys feel like you were ahead of the curve when you let Nick Ojanovic Well, he's the only one. I thought he was the player. <laughs> <laughs> no, when we, when we saw Nick, yeah, he, he's a big dude, so uh, he looks good in that uniform. As for the rest of them, I don't know if we'll do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. I just really enjoyed that. I'm, <laughs> Kentucky. It could be debated if Kentucky was the first one to jump on that trend or not, but I like Stoops' answer, and if you haven't seen that picture, go check it out because the dad is really impressive with the biceps. All right, the next guy Mark Stoops talked about was Moses Douglas, and you know Stoops made some great comments because he'd been committed for a long time, and it kind of seemed like some people had forgotten about him. Not a lot's been said about him because he's such a dynamic player that, that because he's been so solid to us, he wouldn't even take another trip. And the, the kid, you know, been been offered by practically the entire Power Five, you know, and so um, can can play just about anywhere in the country and has been recruited uh, by, by almost all those schools in, in some form or fashion. And, uh, and he's just been so solid with us and a remarkable family. Um, he, he is, uh, you know, he's a guy that we should not take for granted because he's been so solid. You know, he's a, he's a talented football player, very, very good size on him and, and uh, again, very versatile. But, no, he's a, he's a safety. Yeah. No, he's a safety. Mm-hmm. We like big safety. He's not nearly as big as Sean Taylor, and everybody told me Sean Taylor was going to be a safety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about his football intelligence. What have you observed there, just being around him on these visits? Doesn't doesn't surprise you. Again, uh, be, being Mo's Mo's son, and uh, you know, son of a coach, and they're they're constantly working at it. Whether it's watching film, working out around seven on sevens, he's with his dad and around you know football all the time and uh you know so it doesn't surprise me that he has a high football iq 
Speaking of players decommitting and such, Mark Stoops kind of discussed what overall recruiting is like right now. And, you know, if a guy flips, if you get him to flip to you, how does that kind of whole process work out? With some players, you know, if, they t- if they're verbally committed, it just means you're in the lead. And so, you, you know, you better, do, you know, we never stop recruiting, you know, so we're always on on the phone recruiting. Like I said, with Kayvon, I was texting back and forth till 1030, 1045 last night. And uh, then I turned over the fence. I said, I'm going to bed. Make sure he's staying. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, stay on him, big dog, all night. So, uh, but, uh, but no, you, you, know, you know, you're always going to go stay recruiting all the way through. We never take things for granted. And, and we never, you know, believe me, we don't worry too much about the ones we don't get either believe me it's personal we, we recruit hard we we put a lot into it and we're all competitors uh, but we're going to get the ones we're supposed to we've discussed on this podcast a little bit Amani Gilmore is going to try to play some baseball at UK uh, Mark Stoops was asked about it and his answer really surprised me because you would think that a football coach would want his quarterback to be focused on his sport I encouraged him to do that. You know, he, he was football all the way, but I felt like uh, yeah, Nick owes me one on that because I told him. I, I really did. I felt like he was too talented, and I felt like he'd regret it. I was a dull sport player coming out of high school and wanted to do that in college. I never got the opportunity. I wasn't good enough, really, to be honest with you, to play both. It was always scrapping for a position, got hurt. You know, it just never worked out, and I always wish I had, had that opportunity, and I, I don't want him to feel that way. You know, I felt like he's too talented. He could throw. We only practice, you know, we practice every other day, 15, you know, 15 practices. There's no reason where a guy with that kind of talent shouldn't go explore it and go throw a little bit. He could, he could throw the baseball, and I'm sure Nick can use a, an arm, you know, so uh, so that'll be, it'll be good to see him. Last comment I'll leave you with here today, and we'll probably roll some, some more of this audio out as we get through, and we might mix in some Vince Marrow as well, because we all know he's super entertainment, but... Uh, Mark Stoops, kind of. This is a this is kind of a good synopsis of both signing day and maybe the holidays for some. It's a hard month, so um, you feel good about it, and everybody's like, "Yeah, don't you want to go celebrate?" No, I want to go to bed. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but we have to go prepare for Penn State right now. So you know, we're right in the middle of that. So it's been real, and I'll talk to you guys later. I got to go to work. So. So there you go, Mark Stoops. A lot of fun comments. Uh, Be sure to be following along until the next edition of the show on Twitter at LockedOnUK. You can find us on Facebook. Just search LockedOnKentucky. You can find me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. I've posted a lot of these audio clips on my Twitter account. And you can normally find all my interviews on BigBlueInsider.com. That's the show I co-host with Dick Gabriel weeknights from 6 to 8 p.m. on 630 WLAP. This podcast is going to be posted on Christmas, and there is a possibility we're going to miss one this week. It won't be five. We'll just do four with the holiday. We'll keep you updated as Kyle and I try to work out our schedules. Obviously, we're both traveling a little bit at this time. Speaking of Kyle, go read his awesome piece on Ashton Haggins and Kentucky's win over UNC that we discussed in the podcast after the UNC game that he was working on. He posted it the day after the game, and it's a great read. I highly recommend it. You can read all his work on The Athletic, and you can find him on Twitter at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. You can find me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the show. Hope you guys are having a happy holiday. And, hey, last-minute gift. 
You didn't get somebody anything? Say, hey, I found this awesome podcast, Locked On Kentucky. I really think you would enjoy it. And it's free. So just share. Hit the share button. Hit tweet. Hit it in a text message. Spread the word of Locked On Kentucky. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. This will be the start, too. So. No, I don't really want to talk about Louisville yet. I mean, we'll, I'll be able to get you on the phone, you know. And then, yeah.